Hey there. Thanks for joining me today for another episode of Lymphedema Podcast. My name is Betty. I'm a certified lymphedema therapist, passionate lymphedema advocate, mother, and the voice behind the Lymphedema Podcast. What began as a small passion project in 2019 to provide answers and explanations to people with the lymphatic disease lymphedema has now reached more than 75 countries. Whether you're a patient, caregiver, medical professional, or someone interested in lymphedema, there's an episode here for you. Every week this season, there will be a new episode to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I made this podcast just for you. Disclaimer, if you feel you have lymphedema but have not been diagnosed, please see your medical professional as this podcast is not a replacement for a diagnosis in person, a treatment in person from your certified lymphedema therapist, or a substitution for your doctor's medical advice. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back for this episode of the Lymphedema Podcast, guest hosted by me, Olivia Eggers. Uh, I have been on this podcast before. I talked about my experience of having lymphedema for a lifetime uh, since being a child, and I'm very excited to be back here today, um, not by myself this time, but with another one of my lymphy friends, Nicole. Nicole, do you want to get it going? Tell us who you are. Yes. Hello. Hi, Olivia. Thanks for thinking of me on this topic and podcast because I'm very excited and you know that our podcast it that it's in my podcast got inspired by your podcast that you did on this podcast last time <laughs> it's just like a circle of a circle <laughs> moment full circle so yeah hi everyone my name is Nicole Fascio um I am also a primary lymphedema patient like Olivia I was born with a rare genetic disorder called the Wild Syndrome that causes um, basically chronic swelling, well, lymph- malformed lymphatic system, therefore lymph- li- uh, chronic swelling, therefore lymphedema uh, since I was born. And I've been in this podcast before as well. There is a narrative about me speaking about the genital lymphedema that I've been dealing with since, um, well, many years, since my teenage years. Uh, so I encourage people to go listen to that too. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about me and Faciolita in all social media. So if you want to find out a little bit about myself, that's where people can find me. Oh, and you definitely should go check out Nicole on everything. <laughs> I've learned so much from her and also she's just a delight and her fashion sense. Oh, you're going to get a lot of good ideas. So Thank definitely- you. I try, I try. <laughs> I actually love to play the play the influencer, which by the way, I'm not influencer. I'm, I'm a lymphedema content creator, but I like to the <laughs> Hey, you know, we're we're just out here, you know, spreading awareness and educating people. And that's that's all we can do. So well, Nicole and I have a very exciting topic for everyone today, in that we are going to be talking about the experiences of dating while having lymphedema. Um, and because Nicole and I both have had it since our childhood, we're going to talk about that too, perceptions as we were kids of what we expected for ourselves and romantic endeavors, et cetera. Um, so just to get us started off, Nicole, I want to turn the question to you. As a child with lymphedema, what were your expectations for dating in your future? Did you have any? What were what was going on so look this is something I've had to go back and reminisce over the years of me telling my story because very early on I realized that my awareness of lymphedema actually started towards my teenage years or like and actually my teenage years so 
it's very uneventful before that in terms of like people sometimes want to tell us a suffering or a tragic story not really like I and, and and the reason I want to touch on this and it's important to call out is because I was raised as a very normal child and I have all to give to that to my parents like my mom made it a thing to not stigmatize me or like when people would ask her about like oh can she take part of this or that as a child I'm not saying that's a wrong move because it creates my create a connection with lymphedema which later on probably caused other problems for me but in the that early stage I didn't think I had anything different other than I yes I was having I needed to wear my garments but like my mom would give me reasons for that and I would give those reasons at school now the other thing is that I also benefit which I think this is where our story is different Olivia I benefited from a little bit of insularism um I was under this on with the same people once I got into my school everybody knew this was Nicole so since a very early age even the kids around me would say yeah that's Nicole like all my class it was like yeah that's Nicole like that that's her and she wears this and like you know like it it wasn't something different like somebody wearing glasses for me or like the people around me because that was like my differentiator, but that was okay because there were other differentiators. So maybe that really benefited me because people around me all knew. So there was nothing different to point out, which I think that's where your story is a bit different because of your exposure to so many different environments. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I mean, great job bringing that up, you know, making this segue, this connection, because that is so interesting. When you were telling me a bit about that briefly, I was like, wow, our experiences really do differ. And I think it's really amazing, too, that you had like that insulated community where you were just on a quote unquote normal trajectory. Well, I think for me, um, just some background, if anyone hasn't listened to my experience, uh, my podcast on a lifetime with lymphedema is, so I was diagnosed, you know, as at nine months old and my dad was in the military. So our family moved every two to three years. So throughout my childhood, we were constantly in different places. And so I posed this question to Nicole that I'll pose back to myself of like, what were my expectations as a child for dating with lymphedema, which were, I did not ever think it was going to happen. And I do think the military was also a big part of that. And growing up, you know, in this military culture, there's a huge emphasis on, you know, marriage and the idea of marriage and like, you know, walking down the aisle and marrying your groom. For me, it would be a bride. We didn't know that at the time. I was not out of the closet yet, still <laughs> straight, et cetera. And also it would not have been legal to. Um, but I, so I was very much ingrained in this culture of like my family members were getting married at a younger age. Like that was big. Who are you going to marry one day? What were you going to do? Who are you going to be with? And that's not something my parents were at all forcing on me or my siblings. That was not their ideal. That was just the cultural aspect of being a military child. Um, and for me, my understanding was I am never, ever going to get married. Like I can never picture myself walking down the aisle to this day. I still cannot do that. Like I've never pictured my wedding in my mind because I really operated with the belief as a child that no one would ever want to date me in that capacity because I saw, you know, my body is the way it was, is different from others because I was also being bullied a lot. And, you know, as you said, meeting so many different people and having all of these experiences that I instead just ingrained it in myself, like 
that was not going to happen for me. Like I was not going to have a partner. I was not going to live my life out with someone. I largely thought I was going to be alone, which is very, very sad and tough, but like goes to show the differences in our experience. Yeah. Like, the reason I wanted to bring that fact up is just the differences on, on because we're, although we have the same condition, we experience very different things. Now, what I want to draw the parallelism, even though I said that, is that exactly what you're describing was what I thought later on in life. Mm-hmm. Because when I got that awareness, when I started comparing myself to other people, seeing the differences in me, it wasn't as early as my 20s, let's say, but towards my late 20s, when everything started to get worse, when like lymphedema took over my life and it was very real, Mm-hmm. that I it's like that bubble that I said at the beginning got burst I'm bad that's when I started real I thought that I I created that thought that I thought that I was going to be exactly what exactly what you just expressed by myself and by the way I'm very grateful that for that part of my life and that experience because in turn it developed a lot of mechanisms for me that helped me in my later on dating experience when I started actually putting myself in the market again and dating <laughs> yeah. because um, uh, I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna throw it out now we live in a society too obsessed in tailoring ourselves to be likable for others particularly for the type of people that we want us to be attractive for mm-hmm. so in my case I'm straight and I you know I I, I like men so I wanted to tailor my life or like as a woman how likable or like what things I need to do to be likable for men mm-hmm. and that period of my life what taught me is like how can I be likable for Nicole how can I make this about Nicole and self-love? And that's my first nudge out there for anybody asking. It's like, how do I date with lymphedema? Because I don't have a magic potion to provide anyone. Is that, honestly, that's the first thing you have to work on is accept yourself and love yourself. Because that's the first part of anybody I think anybody else to like you because people say this a lot about like oh in order for other people to like you you need to like yourself and it's like what that means is that it's not I know it sounds cheesy but what that means is like when you like yourself what you put forward is very different and what you expect from others is very different that when you don't Oh, definitely. And I think like also connected to that too, like the idea of liking yourself, which is also something, as you know, that I like have really been working on and trying to do, especially more in my adult years, because I never liked myself as a child for lymphedema and many other reasons. Um, But connected to that is also this idea of self-confidence, which is huge in dating. Like they say confidence is attractive. And that is something that I also have really struggled with, because I don't know if you had this experience um, as a teenager specific but I had a horrible experience when I was a teenager where I ended up really liking one of my good friends and thought that he might like me back etc and then our mutual friend talked to him to ask like what his thoughts were on me if he was vibing with it all that stuff 
then ended up coming back to me and said, Olivia, I like don't want to tell you this because it's kind of mean. And I was like, well, now you have to tell me this because like I, I need to know where this conversation went. Like this was the first time I had ever played with the idea of like having a crush and exploring a crush further than just in my mind. Like I was talking to others about it, which was huge. Um, but she ended up telling me that he had said that he really, really liked me as a person and had thought about dating me, but because of the way my arms and my legs looked, he could never ever see himself dating me and like being physical with me in that way. And so as a 14 year old, I heard that and I was like, it's happened. Like my worst fears have come true. It has come true. Like, exactly. This is what I've thought since I was six years old. And like now someone who also, it's not like a stranger. It's not a random classmate. It was a very good friend of mine who said this. And I was like, if this is someone who I talk to every day, we spend all this time together. They like know me for me and they still can't get past my lymphedema. I don't know how I'm ever going to like go past that. And so something I know I've really dealt with in dating is like this idea of like, you need to be confident because that's like attractive and you want to be putting yourself out there, like your best foot forward. And I'm like, sure, I really do want to come off as confident in myself, but I also have been scrutinized anytime I've tried to do that, like on multiple occasions. And so it's a double-edged sword, you know? So I wanted yeah. to ask you your experience especially as a teenager like anything in that realm what do you think so dude like I have many more years than you so I have experiences when teenager in my 20s in my 30s (laughs) (laughs) I have experiences of rejection right like in many of the realm and when we say experiences of rejection they look different from a person that does not have lymphedema and a chronic condition than a person that does a physical deformity, they look different. Absolutely. And I want to, I want to accept that because I've had exactly those situations and it breaks my heart listening to you because it, it, because it breaks my heart, like for other people. And this is the fear people confront things with absolutely for the fear of rejection. And to be honest, it has a hundred percent happened. I have a, actually a, a, a story that is the worst one. I was in my twenties. Um, I was actually feeling quite confident after getting better control of the lymphedema. I was feeling better. Everything was fitting better. You know, like sometimes things fit funny with lymphedema, yada, yada. (laughs) And I went to this bar and met this guy, very handsome, like the classic traditional handsome. And yes, we ended up in my house. I was being a bit... um, um promiscuous and we ended up in my house nothing happened that day and I think in the morning we wake up and he we we were in bed so that's when like things started getting frisky and I think he noticed my arm like without a garment because he had seen it with a garment before mm-hmm. I don't know what happened in that moment the thing is that I felt that my the pillow that there was one I, I sleep with multiple pillows one of the pillows was on top of my arm and I didn't think anything about it in the moment. Like it just, it was something. Eventually it clicked. It was like, that's what was happening, right? Like, I'm not stupid now. Like, that's what was happening. It was like, um, and, you know, I had a very strong core belief in that there was a lot of things about this that for men particularly that are so visual that you know that that's part of the attraction like that attractiveness on that that thing that I couldn't fit that mold Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. And those type of things did validate that. Like you say, my worst fear. And yes, absolutely. Those things really scarred me. And to this day, like some of the like still are with me. But a lot of the things that really clicked in me, Olivia, later on, it was that I couldn't control how other people saw me. I couldn't control other people's reaction. And I had to accept that those reactions and some of that for people was going to be like that for the rest of my life. Yep. Mm -hmm. that, that couldn't change. It won't change to this day. Mm -hmm. And I understood something that I really learned and I want people here to understand is that at the same way I couldn't control it, that reaction from the other person says more of that other person than of me because I was, I was, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. And I just, I also understood that people that reacted that way and wanted to live a life like that and could, could reject people for whatever the person should be. I didn't want in my life. So why I was waiting this wasting time and even like thinking about it or wasting my time on these people when I, it's not somebody I would want in my life. So it kind of like already kind of segmented my, when I, when that clicked in my brain, it segmented me in a way of thinking this uh, population of people that could think this way, could treat another person, a human being, whatever they are, whatever they, uh, they whoever they are, in a particular way or reject them because who they are, I actually don't want to spend any time on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that is so, so crucial and also has been really like cathartic for me too. And I'm learning a lot of like the self-loathing and everything, which is that like, I will find myself being like, yeah, no, of course this person wouldn't want to date you. Like, look at how your body looks. And then I, I have another voice now that I've enacted in my head where I'm like, would you ever say that to like another one of your friends with lymphedema? Like, do you actually, Olivia, do you feel that way looking at them? Like, no, of course they'd never be loved. Of course I don't. I do not feel that way at all. I'm like, look at all of these beautiful people with their unique bodies and their unique ways of living. Like I adore them for being who they are. And so that has been important for me. I've this idea of like anyone who is going to judge I don't I don't want them in my life in the first place like they're not adding anything positive and also yeah. like I need to be mindful too of myself doing that because it just harms me like it's like the self-degradation and all that comes with it of we're not being effective we're just furthering this horrible idea of like we're unloved because of our disabilities when that is in no way the case. It's just what we've been like made to believe, unfortunately, which sucks. Exactly. And look, is society in a way, um, some people are, are we gonna experience more rejection in some way that other people won't? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna dispute that at, at all. Yeah. Because we're gonna have a harder time. Absolutely for whatever reason. But that doesn't mean unlovable. Mm -hmm. And that also does not mean you will have a harder time finding a partner, by the way. It's just that you might, like, I'm just stating that out there because I've seen people with a very easy way of finding partners, whatever they have. It's just, it's depending on the negativity that you put on yourself and what then you portray and that confidence that you take in. Because if by every rejection, you're going to just allow that to destroy yourself, which it has to me. And it took me out of the dating scene for seven years. 
seven years. Mm, wow. So it has. And I, because I couldn't, I, I didn't want to submit myself to it. I was not ready. I, I, all of this in my brain had to ingrain and understand of the world, how it operates and how I feel comfortable in my participation to the world. That's why I say the first thing was about me accepting myself. Once I did that, then I could only accept and attract the people that could accept that of myself because I was not gonna I gonna I was not gonna start I was not gonna waste my time in things that I already knew might go down a rejection path yeah no and that's so fair like our our time is valuable like we are valuable as people and we simply deserve the best so that's what we should be giving I yeah, I love what you're saying I'm like I'm I just I'm like like wasting my time with this person who's not gonna give me the time of day fine I you know what I have other better things to do like p- potentially read a book I hope you're enjoying listening to this episode so far I want to jump in and tell you guys that you should be definitely checking out the sponsors who support Limpidema podcast this year our sponsors are Eros Medical Play, which is Pediatric Lymphedema Alliance, Medi, and Juzo. Go check out their websites, go check out their Instagrams and their social medias, and find them so that they can help you power through your lymphedema journey. <laughs> you know, like, and increase and increase my my um, intellect in something else. Yeah. I don't know. Like it, 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 that was very cathartic in my brain when I when I said like I wouldn't accept this out of a family member why am I accepting it from a totally straight like stranger and it's the definitions of love were also very powerful of me like I had people that really loved me why I was defining my life by only the one part of the love I didn't have which was maybe a partner and it was like I was literally um, not taking for granted all the other good stuff I had just because I didn't have a partner. It's like that didn't define my life because to that point it had not defined my life. So I, that's why I put so much pressure of like defining yourself because even when you get a partner, you shouldn't define yourself on that person regardless of who you are mm-hmm. because it, the importance of defining of you you're an independent individual. <laughs> you you yes. gotta have your own autonomy. You be doing your own thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you're out here spitting straight facts. Um, well, that, I focused so long on the negatives, and that's one my other one of and my other kind of um piece for anybody here, because again, I cannot fight against um the inevitable which is that I have lymphedema I will have my arm soul in my whole life I will have my leg soul in my whole life I deal with genital lymphedema and I have to accept that too so me too, girl me too <laughs> <laughs> I love I love also how we have the black of the black I know black. I was gonna say we're so <laughs> I know it's a podcast but everyone should know we're wearing a matching black uh, glove on like our <laughs> so um with all those things it's very difficult it's difficult but I was not gonna I I was not gonna determine myself from like a lifetime of enjoying other stuff or what or like not gonna define me by by a portion of life that does not necessarily does not define me and I 
one crucial piece of information or like what everybody can, I guess, adopt is the comparison. Like the worst thing that we do as humans is compare ourselves. Yep. Because we compare everything to others. It doesn't matter. It can be the most, the, the what we believe are the most stereotypical, beautiful, superstar people and they compare themselves. Yeah. Their successes and they're depressed anyway. So it's like, if they're depressed and I'm depressed, like, and, you know, like, what is it? It's all perception. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is all perception. And I, I a question kind of related to this that I was curious uh, to ask you about is, so when you, you know, after your seven year hiatus from the dating scene and you re-engaged, um, when you were going on dates, and this is something I've struggled with. Are you someone who, where you outright say to the person like, oh, by the way, I have lymphedema. That's what this is. Or do you wait a little, how do you approach that? Because I just, personally, I'm curious. I've got to know. No, look, I went through many iterations of this. So I am glad you asked. And I, I can say what I did at the end because of what I learned before, right? Mm -hmm. When I was dating in, in university, that's when things got tough and I didn't used to wear my garments I like again I was still a bit in an insular world but that was giving me kind of the punches in the face of like my lymphedema getting worse and that's when my confidence started to deteriorate because I started to experience that comparison a lot and later on like even the bubble burst in a way that I was like damn how did I realize these things before and I then adopted a kind of a lot of rejection towards the lymphedema to the extent that I negated all treatment towards it because I was like, I don't want to deal with it because, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I felt that I needed to live two lives, the life to take care of lymphedema. That's like how my brain went in then. It's like the life I take care of lymphedema and then the rest of life I lived because those two didn't coexist. Yeah. So when I started dating in my 20s, I moved to New York City. Like, imagine, like, it's more of a doggy dog world yeah. to compare myself to quote unquote perfection as society defines it. Oh, yeah. In New York City. <laughs> and I started going on dates. And by the way, the, the, the launch of the dating apps were back then. So that was people were not most people, but a lot of people started using it, specifically in New York City. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And what did I did on my profile? Purposefully hid all my pictures with lymphedema. I always had pictures from this side, mm-hmm. <laughs> my right side that doesn't have the only part of my body that does not have lymphedema. Um, and what did I do then when I had matches and went on dates? Obsessively thought about how I was going to break this thing to the other person the next to me because I clearly have a swollen arm mm-hmm. so I spent the first day like hiding my arm underneath the table or like not without a garment of course not because in my brain remember it was taking care and not and rest of life garments did not include a night out mm. that was how I thought about it so I went out on dates and whatever and you know what I found good people along the way I dated good people I also got rejection like I went out with a guy that actually I didn't meant I didn't met on a dating app I met in a work event okay. he took me on a day after 
a week after and he didn't notice my arm in that moment so I thought oh this conversation is over he might ask right I was waiting for the ask mm -hmm. and then eventually he noticed once like I ordered we ordered something at the bar and he was like obsessed like looking at the arm like and I didn't know how to approach it like look it makes me cringe now how to talk about it so I learn from all those experiences because I was obsessing so much about like how to say next that in after that I dated um another person for some time that brought with it other challenges that we can touch in 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 a bit because that was a totally different relationship mm -hmm. I dated that person it was a friend uh, of friends and that's how we met so that was that he knew me in a different light so layers later when I go back to the dating market I decided to do exactly the opposite that I did before I'm like like Joey like he says like um you took my clothes I'm gonna wear everything you own so I'm like <laughs> I'm gonna wear all the compression because I was like I'm gonna put my arm in the pictures and, and my legs I even I was already doing Instagram work and then I linked my Instagram in the dating app. I was like, you should look at the Instagram. And if you if you want to reject me, reject me before you swipe. Yeah. I don't care. Because <laughs> what? I say, please, like reject before swipe. I never understand the after. Continue anyway. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? I want a rejection. Be like, I don't want to even experience a rejection later on. We like can have a conversation or whatever. So I did that and that's when I started dating again. Met a couple of nice people, whatever, and then met this person, which now is my partner, my is my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But interesting story about that part that I just said is that I thought I had linked my Instagram. Mm -hmm. So when I met him, I thought, you know, he just swiped to, he knows what, what he's signed yeah. up to. There's no hiding. I walked up to that date with my blue compression garment. I was like, I'm showing it all. It's like matched <laughs> with my skirt. And I was like, there's no hiding here. Mm -hmm. and he looked at it and he's like, oh, what happened to your arm? And I was like, oh, this happened. I have this condition. Like literally just out the bat, 10 minutes in. And eventually I found out that I, I that gave me so much comfort that that person should have known already. That eventually I found out that my Instagram was not linked because something happened with the password. So mm -hmm. actually my boyfriend did not know that I had lymphedema or like that I had something like they wouldn't know what lymphedema is, that I had something in my arm mm -hmm. before today, which made me think that made me say think so much about how perception works. Yeah. Because the way I dealt with that situation, thinking that that person knew was totally different than what I was dealt with before which I didn't think the person knew I would be hiding so it all my my take on it as well was one yes I I would just straight off the bat talk about it not like as an introduction um statement if you don't want to but find a way of like sleeping it in like one time I was like met this guy from Germany which actually I dated for a while and he was like, and I'm like, oh, I've been so much to Germany. And he was like, all right. And I was like, shit, 
I, I, because of lymphedema. So I said it, I was like, oh, well, I have a condition. I go to lymphedema clinics in Germany. So I spent a lot of time there. Mm. And I was like, oh, where that? Where about? So the Black Forest. And that was like, oh, I'm close from the Black Forest. And that became the conversation. It didn't have to be that a loaded thing of like, oh, I experience chronic swelling on a day to day basis. <laughs> You know, yes, that's what it's a job about. interview of it all. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't have to be that heavy or that bad. So yes, those are my not just of information or experiences. By the way, I don't have it figured out. I can only say what I've experienced in all these many years of dating. And honesty is your best policy, I have to say. Like to say that that's why I took it to me physically on the apps because that's what we use so much and that's probably what most people have in their hands in whatever age at the moment and that's what I took in my conversations because it was the only way that I can ensure that they like me as me and not like I've had this conversation with other lymphedema patients in their legs that you might not notice straight off the bat it's not it's going to take a while to get to that conversation and they the same they obsess about that moment and that conversation and then just being unlikable because of that straight off the bat. Yeah. No, I think I do that a lot where like, I'm, you know, I'm currently trying to date. I'm single, not ready to mingle, trying to be ready <laughs> to mingle, like do, doing my best in therapy. Um, But like, yeah, I also yeah. find, find myself being like, oh my God, I'm talking to a new person and I'm going to have to tell them about my lymphedema and they could, you know, blow up and be really upset or like be really disgusted. Or as you said, most of the time, it's pretty casual. It lasts under five minutes, but I think the way to approach often is to try to like, as you said, show it on your profile, have your lymphedema present so that it's not as much of this idea of like having to out yourself really as like a lymphedema. Exactly like that. It's like out yourself in in a very tough conversation. Look, there's so many people that have tough conversations as well. It's not only in this condition. Yeah. I can just say what has worked for me because of my peace of mind. Because that was so key in those moments for me. It was like, how can I just it, the dating in itself? Like once once you're up like out of the hump of lymphedema, the dating in itself, it's difficult. Yes. That thing doesn't get easy. No, it's because not it's fun. It's a bad time. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. So I was uh, it, like the stress of dating on top of the stress of the lymphedema so much. I was like, I'm liberating myself from one of them too. <laughs> yeah. I, I Like one of them too. So, I'm, and that liberated me a lot from a lot of fear. Um, But like you said, I'm glad that you brought up with therapy. It, all of this that I'm talking about was a lot of years in therapy as well. Yeah. It was many years. Yeah. I, I'm still in therapy and I love it. Um, My therapy session is tomorrow morning and I cannot wait. Yeah. But it's a lot of things and perceptions and perspectives that other people can help you with and beating those core beliefs that unfortunately we're going to have ingrained in us because of society. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other way around it. Yes, we're, we're meant to have uh the lower end of the sword what is it the this what is it oh the the double-edged sword the yeah we're meant to sorry i have the double-edged sword sword absolutely yeah you described it well at the beginning um i'm just giving nudges of information of what worked for me and this and by the way this i didn't do this for dating i did this for myself yeah 
which is so important. I mean, I, and as we're wrapping up this conversation, just like to recap, because you've said so many, like, one beautiful thing along the way. I'm like a little teared up right now, just being like, God, I, Nicole's right. I should just do what she says. And that's what I'm going to do. But like, honesty is really important. And you're right that it does, the acceptance starts within. It has to be something where like, as you are learning to love yourself and accept yourself for all parts of you, that is when you really are able to be vulnerable with others in a way that would work for, you know, a healthy and conducive relationship that is authentic. Um, So yeah. Look, and you can have connections with so many people because of what you're going through. Because it, it makes you a more empathetic person. It makes you a more, even, I'm sorry, interesting. Oh. You've had different life experiences. Oh, yeah. We're and, very interesting. <laughs> yes, we are. And look, it's it's not. it doesn't fix the main problem here is that physically we might appear less pleasing to the normal eye. I am not trying to sugarcoat that bit at all because it, it it's still sometimes for me. Like if I'm going to meet new people and I'm going to work, for example, like I work in, in a consulting firm. I sometimes like have different clients and different people I meet all the time. And sometimes it goes in my head. Like I need to mute myself and my lymphedema. I still, it still goes through me. And you've seen my Instagram. It's all colors and whatever. I'm not trying but it still plays in my head like you absolutely will play when you're dating it's like would this person reject me because of my lymphedema absolutely but uh all these things i hope that serve people to kind of like debunk that mm-hmm. like yes that might be a thought but what else can you use to kind of give yourself the 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 force and look making decisions out of fear does not get us anywhere so that's one thing I learned that I was not dating because of the fear of it. And I wasn't going to allow that to my, to, for myself because, you know, like I wanted to experience life. I owed it to myself and my age to date because eventually maybe it might be the more difficult. Not, not because I can't just because I might not have that much energy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the dating pool's closed. Yes, that's normal. It's true. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put myself out there. And by the way, I'm not declaring this as a success case. I'm just saying that th- that's what I did. And I'm not dating anymore because I met somebody special that which I'm still with. Mm-hmm. No, and I'm still with like that. Th- that, But that's also something to, to think about because you might meet somebody that accepts everything about you and you don't like them. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. And the pickiness comes into play. Like that, that's what happens. Well, that might be it as well. And like, have you thought about this scenario? It's not only about you, the other, like, what about like, and then you find yourself in a position of like, oh, I need to stay with this person because it accepts me and my lifted demand. No. Like, because if you, if there's, it's not in there, it's not in there. Yeah. No, you're so right. It's so funny. This entire conversation, I have been like fixating on myself and, you know, the things I see that could be better about me. I'm like, Nicole's right. What about the other person? Like they could be so flawed and I'm over here so worried about this small aspect of me. Well, this swollen aspect of me, not that small, but yeah, this um, the aspect of me. Yeah, yeah, no, I love this. I mean, I think we're coming away from this with the idea of like, be honest, be true to yourself, be open, 
go to therapy if the resources are available for you. Like it is hard work and the work does never stop. Like I think that's one of the beautiful things about being a human is we continue to grow, evolve and learn every single day and opening exactly. our is a big part of that. So exactly. And look, uh, the, the, the biggest part that I've taken away from being in a relationship in the last year and a half is that I thought that the work was what I said, the beginning of it of like, oh, getting over the lymphedema hump. And that was just getting started. You know, <laughs> the relationship is hard work. And I was like, nobody speaks about these things. Yeah. And so <laughs> it, it's, it's honestly, it's a small piece of the puzzle when you really think about the macro level. And not all rejections will be due to your lymphedema as well. Mm-hmm. because like I said like equally you might not like the other yeah. person and it could um, be my personality too like you never know like, <laughs> like yeah who knows even though that would be very impossible Olivia oh thank you so much Nicole. <laughs> not uh, like that or your voice <laughs> I appreciate that well this has been really amazing and I really appreciate you sitting down to have this conversation with me I know it's something I think about a lot and something I think about a lot too with pediatric lymphies in particular because no one should grow up feeling like they're going to be alone forever. So I hope if anything, this conversation we've had here just like gives folks the push they need to like work on that self-love journey and doing what they have to do um, to be authentically themselves and proud of every aspect of that. Um, So everyone, thank you for tuning in. Please check out Nicole on all of the social media. She's like the best follow you could ever have at Faciolita. I'm sure Betty will put all of the information in the links uh in the description um and i'm olivia eggers again i honestly don't know what my instagram handle is but i will get that information to betty and she will post it (laughs) Um, but i hope everyone has a wonderful day and thank you for tuning in and hey love is love so do what you got to do love is love is love is love love. love is love amazing (laughs) mother Teresa says loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about dating with lymphedema. If there is a specific topic you are looking for, check out the full directory on the website. Email lymphedema podcast with your story if you would like to share. Lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode.